my name is Francis. I just moved here to the Bay Area a few months ago, um, and uh, I, I was from uh, Southern California over by Reality Carpinteria, and uh, just weren't enough Chinese people down there. So uh, came out here, and uh, about a week ago, Dave asked me to come here and, and share with you guys, which, which got me very excited. I've been to the church a few times, and families come with me out here. Um, I was a pastor in Southern California for about 16, 17 years, a church I planted, and then uh, uh, my wife just had a baby last week. Um, yeah. So it's our fifth kid. We got four girls and a little boy. So uh, everything's, everything's good in my life, kind of crazy right now, but uh, man, it's just been so good to be in the Bay Area. I am just loving it here believe God's called me here. I'm here like many of you because you believe this is just where God wants you to be at this moment. And that's very cool. And when he asked me to speak about Colossians, I, I was so excited because Colossians is one of the books that I, I don't know if any book in the Bible has impacted my life decisions more than the book of Colossians. I don't know. There's something about that book. Like when I, when I first was studying it and teaching it at my church, I, I remember I was at, at, in chapter 1, verse 1, and, and I said, man, this is freaking me out. I mean, Colossians 1, 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. And I remember reading that and just thinking, okay, I've got to start the book of Colossians, so let me just start teaching. And, and I thought, okay, I'll take chapter you know, 1, verses 1 through 9. But the moment I started reading chapter 1, verse 1, and it said, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, I just started meditating on that. I thought, okay, the apostle Paul, whom we've all heard of and we all know, it, it's, it's just this, this, this man who's done amazing things for the gospel, but he says he's an apostle of Christ, and he says, by the will of God. Now, that's something we just fly through usually, because he says that a lot, I do this, by the will of God. But I started thinking about that phrase, the will of God, that means God's will, God's desire, like God wanted Paul to be an apostle. So Paul says, I'll be an apostle. You want me to be one? I'll be one. Okay, it's his will. And, and I thought, man, there were probably a ton of people, just like in your life, a ton of people that have a will for your life, right? Your parents have a will for your life. They wanted something of you, and they're very disappointed in you right now. Um, you know, they, they had a will, right? I wish she would become this. I wish he would become that. You know, your friends have a will for you. When you get older, your kids will have a will for you. And they all desire something of you. And then you have a will for your own life. There are things you want to do, things you want to be. And, and yet Paul says, look, I, I surrendered that. I'm an apostle of Christ Jesus. Why do you think I go from city to city getting beat up, tortured everywhere I go? You think that was my desire? You think this is what I saw? You know, no, no, no. He goes, I'm, a, I'm an apostle by the will of God. And it just got me thinking. I thought, man, we throw things out a lot as Christians. You know, we have all these Christian phrases like, oh, I surrender. You know, we're just saying that. You know, I surrender everything to you, God. But what does that really mean? And I started to think to myself, man, would I do whatever God wanted me to do? Because when it got to verse 9, and Paul's praying for the, the Colossians, he says, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. 
And Paul started praying for that church, and I thought, okay, I'm going to start praying for my church back then. This was probably, I don't know, seven, six, seven years ago. I'm just praying, going, God, I, I, I want these people too. I want them to be filled with the knowledge of your will. So somehow, God, in these people, and I pray that for you this morning. I go, God, these people, I don't even know them, but can you somehow show them? I don't know how you do it, but could you fill them so they would have a knowledge of what you desire? Because you know what your parents want of you. You know what your friends want of you. You know what you desire of yourself. It's like, God, we need to be open to your will and really, truly surrendered See, and that's what freaked me out. In fact, after I studied that passage, I went up to my church. I said, you guys, I got to leave for a while. It's the first time I had taken a break in ministry. Um, it's like five or six years. I had been the pastor for like 10, 12 years at that point. And I go, you know why? Because I read this verse and I started thinking to myself, I don't know if I'm really open to the will of God. And I'm supposed to be your pastor. I said, there's a lot of things that I'm still holding on to, and I don't know if I can honestly say, God, I'll do whatever your will is. And I remember just starting to ask some of my friends. Um, I remember going to my buddy Chris, and I go, hey, Chris, do you want to know God's will for your life? I go, I go, honestly, think about that. Do you honestly want to know if God had complete control of you, if he could control you completely, do you really want to know what he would want you to do right now? And he goes, no way. He goes, that would freak me out. I go, I know. I've been thinking the same thing. Like, do I even really know that? Don't, wouldn't you rather like, come to the end of your life and go, I didn't know you wanted me to do all that. You know, I go, you know, let's be honest. And we just start talking honestly. He goes, yeah, you're right. It's kind of like if I know what he really wanted me to do right now, then I'd be disobedient not doing it. So I'd rather just not know. Because what if he asked me to do something I really am scared to or don't feel like? And, and I go, man, this is, this is insane. And it just took me down this path going, this is ridiculous. I call myself a Christian, someone who's died you know, to my own desires and surrendered to Jesus. And I call myself a pastor and I'm supposed to be leading other people. So I told my church, it, it was right around May, I go, you know, I'm just taking off. Um, and I, I said, I, I don't know if I'm coming back. Um, honestly, I, I know I, 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 because if I say I'm coming back, then I'm not really open to his will. I'm, I'm determining his will. and saying, okay, I'll be back in September. Don't worry about it. No, I, I just go, I, I, I want to go wherever God wants me to go. And I, that, that summer was just a time of wrestling for me, going, God, I'm scared of you in some ways, honestly. Um, I'm scared of what you might want me to do, where you might want me to go. And I just got to confess some of this to you right now. And, 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 and as I, I studied and as I prayed and as I surrendered my life to God that summer, and, and the thing that, that it finally got to me, it was, it was in August or so, it, he just gave me this picture. He goes, wait, think about, he goes, you're my, you're my child. Think about your children, okay? If, if your teenage daughter says to you, dad, I'll surrender to your will, whatever you want of my life, 
you know, what she's not going to do. But, but if, if she did and said, Dad, I trust you so much. I'll marry who you think I should marry. I'll, you know, go to school where you think I... Okay, then as a loving father, what would I do? You know, what would I do for her? Would I just try to ruin her life? Would I find the nastiest guy and say, hey, marry him? You know, what, I mean, what would I do as a loving father, right? I mean, I would take her through some hard times because, you know, honey, you, you know, you, you, that's what makes you strong. You, you know, maybe I'd go have her go through some more difficult things. But man, in the whole time, I would use every bit of wisdom I would have to give her the greatest life possible. And it was like God saying to me, he goes, Francis, man, don't you trust me? I mean, you're, you're, you're a human being and, and, and your daughter could entrust her life to you and you'd do whatever you could to make her life wonderful. Who do you think I am? And yeah, I'd, I'd give you some difficult times. I'd have you go through some hard things, but you got to trust me. And so it was a real turning point in my life at that point to just go, you know what, God, I, I still, I like control, but I'm surrendering to you. The will of God, the will of God. And so I want you to think through, man, are you surrendered to the will of God? You know, Dave, Dave and I have been hanging out um, recently and just just talking about the great things that God's doing right here at, at Reality Church and we're we're praying about the future because we're going gosh look at this there's really not room for anyone else and yet there's a million people out there that we care about and we got to reach we got to figure it out and and uh, and it's just been really fun to pray and dream and say how can we mobilize and really impact the city and really change the city um a lot of this is, is I, I, I believe Lord brought me to this city. Um, that's why I'm here. I, I'm just trying to surrender to the will of God. I mean, it ended up about a year ago that my wife and I both felt like the Lord was moving us out of our church. After pastoring for 16 years, a church I started, I loved. It just, we got to go. God wants us to go somewhere. And once again, I, I said, you know what? Let, let, let's go to Asia, and let's just, so we sold everything, and just packed up, at that time we only had four kids, um, it's a lot easier than five, and uh, I said, just sell everything we own, okay, and let's just be free to go, okay, God, where do you want us to go now, and it was the craziest thing, we just pulled our kids out of school, and said, you know, let's just start traveling, and uh, went to India, and, and just prayed as a family, going, God, is this where you want us? We'll stay here. You know, taking around the slums and everything, you know, Lord, whatever. Uh, then, we, you know, went to Thailand and worked with some kids that were trafficked and, you know, and in this little orphanage and said, God, do you want us to stay here? You know, come on, you know, let's, let's pray. Let's pray as a family. Let's, you know, went to China and go, God, you know, how about, how about here? You know, Hong Kong, how about here? And, and just believe that the Lord was saying, no, no, there's, there's still a couple things I want you to try in the States and go back there. Came back to the States. Go, okay, God, where do we move? Where do, where do we go? I, I don't care. And, and it was another one of those testings. I just want to be sure. Because I've fooled myself before. I don't know if you've ever done that. Like you'll say things and then you realize I didn't really mean that. And I really wanted to surrender and go, God, I'll go anywhere. Let me think of the worst place I can go to. Let me go there. Let me figure it out. You know, seriously. So I just, just travel just to make sure I'm the real thing. Because I don't want to come to the end of my life and go, oh, yeah, you fooled everyone else. But you really weren't surrendered to God. Um, 
I, I want to be the real thing. And, and so that's why we went to some of those places. And then at the end of it, I just really believed God said, no, San Francisco, um, I want you out there and we'll figure it out once you get there, what you're going to do. And, and I, I want you to be praying and going, God, what? Why am I here? Am I surrendered? Will I say anything? Do anything? Go anywhere because of your will. Colossians 1.16 um, was another verse that had a huge impact on my life. Just this one word in it. Uh, it says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers, authorities. Listen to this. All things were created through him and for him. That, that was another verse that, that just hit me. Just that one word, the word for. Think about that. I mean, we, you know, many of us in this room believe we were created by him, through him. But that one word just stuck out to me years ago, just going, wait, I was created for someone else? So God didn't just make me and say, okay, go, Francis, go do whatever you feel like doing. Go follow your dreams, your desires, whatever you want. But the thought that I'm a created being and I was created for him, again, was one of those moments where I go, okay, I want to live in light of this. I want to right now think, so there's this being in heaven who made me and said, "I I didn't just make you to go and have your little family and enjoy yourself, this or that. I made you for me. You were made for my purposes. And so surrender to my will. Trust my will for you. Follow me. So then we come to Colossians 3, which is the passage I was asked to speak on. And um, (laughs) Colossians 3, I I just, I couldn't get, I couldn't go there without letting you know how much this, this has changed me, Colossians. Because a lot of times the Word of God, we just you know, we study it, we know it, we hear it, we memorize it, but it's supposed to impact our decisions. And I, and I want you to, to get that. I mean, when it comes into your heart, the word for heart in the Hebrew is the idea of the mission control center, uh, of the center of your being, where you made your decisions. And so when we say the word of God impacts my heart, it doesn't mean it makes me feel warm inside. The word of God impacts my heart means it influences my decisions and the things I actually do where, you know, I'll leave the church, I'll go to India, I'll go do this, I'll go do that, I'll go talk to that person on the plane next to me or, or, or on BART or, you know, as I'm writing, wherever. It's like, God, this impacts my decisions. And then as you guys have been looking in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, if then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Okay, Colossians 3, 1 and 2, uh, and we're going to go through verse 4 again, but uh, it teaches basically the same thing that a lot of the New Testament passages teach. And that's this, that when you decided to follow Jesus... Jesus was supposed to consume you, like change everything about your life. Here he's saying, you know, if you've really been raised with Christ, he says, then 
seek the things that are above. That means you have a whole new set of pursuits. See, before you were a believer, before you surrendered to Jesus, you were pursuing all sorts of things, right? You're just pursuing whatever you wanted to. You didn't think I was created by him and for him. You just pursued, 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 just did all these different things. He goes, now that you've been raised with Christ, now that you've died with him and you, you're raised with him, now start seeking different things. Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. You know, I want us to just do that for a second here, for a moment here. He says, right now, just think about the fact that as you sit in this little room, God is in heaven and Christ is seated right there at his right side. Picture that right now. You and I are living and breathing, talking and interacting, because right now there's a being in heaven who's in control of all of that. And he's decided, I'm going to give you another day of life. I created you. I made you for me. I have desires, things that I want you to do there on the earth. I've got a wonderful life there for you. I want to do great things through you. He says, set your mind on that. Just think about that right now. You picturing that right now? The Bible says in Isaiah 40, it's he who sits above the vault of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. I think, okay, so right now, God, I'm just this little tiny being on this planet. This world does not revolve around me. And you're, you're up there in heaven right now. He goes, just seek that. Pursue that. Think about that. See, every decision in life now should be in light of the fact that he is up there. And we're down here. And he says, seek the things above. Focus on him. Focus on the fact that, that Jesus is up there at the right hand of God Almighty, your creator. And here you are sitting in this room right now. He says, set your mind on this. It's a continuous action. It's not just for one moment. You know, oh, we did that. We set our minds on Jesus. No, 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 you didn't. That was just for a second. He says, continue this. Make this a pattern of your life where every decision is in light of, okay, but God's up there and I'm going to be with him any moment. It's kind of like... Um, I, I like watching basketball. Um, you guys, you guys, NBA fans at all? A little bit, Warriors. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a Laker fan, so they were lame this year. But um, I, in fact, I uh, never mind. Um, I was gonna say I played in a Chinese basketball league for the first time last week. Uh, first time in my life I've been a center. It's cool. Um, <laughs> but uh, we. Uh, but, but you know how in the NBA games, this, this is what I relate this to, this whole idea of setting your mind. I don't know why I shared all that. But uh, 
You, you ever notice like when they go to the free throws? I, I don't know when they started. It's probably like seven or eight years ago. They, they got those big blow-up things that they start pounding, you know, on, on the, you know, as the guy's shooting the free throws, they got those thunder sticks or whatever you call them. They're pounding, they're screaming, everyone's trying to distract the free throw shooter, and he's just, you know, looking, you know, just staring, and, and you just look around and go, man, that is nuts. Just the sheer volume and the craziness. And, and that's what I think of when I think of this passage. It's is like God says, okay, set your mind on me. Set focus on me. But as we try to focus on him, it just seems like everything in the world is going, no, 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 no. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Everything is trying to distract you right now. All these different, you know, thoughts and ideas and people and images, you, you know, all these advertising, well, what everything is screaming at you. And God says, man, see through all of that. And I often have that image in my head of, okay, God, it's like that guy on the free throw line. Everyone is screaming. They got to focus on one thing. He says, set your minds on me. Think about me. Look, I, I've got so many weaknesses in my life so many things that I fail at when it comes to scripture and I'm working on that but I gotta say when Dave asked me to speak on this I go that's good because I'm actually pretty good at that one I don't know why but for this one it's always made sense ever since I became a believer it's made sense for me to focus on eternal things focus on the things uh, in heaven above rather than things on the earth I remember one of the the first passages I ever taught I was like 19 20 years old and and I taught on James chapter 4 there's no James chapter 4 verses 13 through uh, what did I say something 15 it says Come now, you, please, don't do this to me. Um, it says, come now. Basically, it says this. Okay, here we go. It says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we'll go into such and such a town, spend a year there, trade, make a profit. Yet you don't even know what tomorrow will bring. What's your life? You're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we'll live and do this or that. I mean, this is one of the first passages I ever taught because it just jumped out at me. Or he says, come on, you guys, what are you, you're going to make these plans and say, oh, I'm going to move to San Francisco, I'm going to start a career in this or that for about a year, I'm going to go to school for two years, you know, and, and uh, you know, three years, four, whatever, and then after that, I'm going to get a job here, I'm going to get married here. He goes, come on. Because you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, it was, it was crazy. Like, uh, what, what's his name? Jeremy. Jer- Jeremy, right? Jeremy? Jeremy. Okay, sure. We'll call him Jeremy. There's a Chinese guy here named Jeremy. Um, <laughs> but he was sharing with me before service. I just met him. Um, and uh, and, uh, and uh, he came out here. Like, he was telling me his story. Like, he came out here. Uh, to be a PA, you know, to go to school. And the moment he got here, he found out he needed brain surgery. And this big tumor and, and everything turned around. Everything changed. And I think of that when I think of this verse. It's like you, you just assume, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this. I mean, hasn't that happened to you so many times? Well, you had a plan. And, and so, and James goes, come on. 
You're talking about a year from now? What you should be saying is if the Lord wills, I'm going to wake up and brush my teeth tomorrow. (laughs) You know, you should have this concept like he's in absolute control. Like, Like if the Lord wills, I'm going to finish this message. I've had friends die while preaching, literally. They never walked off this stage. So when I look at this verse, I go, God, I understand this. I understand that breath was from you. That sentence was from you. I'm in, you're in, I'm in complete control of you. You made me. You created me. So I'm not going to say, hey, this is what we're going to do this summer and in the fall. David, I don't know. Man, I'm focused on right now. He says, your life is a vapor. And this is the first illustration I ever did. It was 25 years ago. I still remember. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I brought a rope. And, and uh, first, I, I talked about this whole thing about how you're a mist. The Bible says you are a mist. This is a mist. Okay? <laughs> he says you appear for a little while and then you're gone. He goes, don't take yourself so seriously. This is you. Hi, I'm at reality. That's it. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. He goes, you're a mist. You appear for a little while. And, and I remember just taking it. It actually wasn't a rope. I switched it to a rope. It was back. I don't know if any of you are old enough. In the olden days, when, uh, when computers first came out, do you guys remember the printer paper that was connected with the stupid uh, holes in the side? I, I remember going to teach at a high school. I was like 20 years old, and I, I just taped, you know, computer paper all the way around, just one long old strip. And, uh, and then I drew a little part, just like this rope. Imagine this rope just goes on forever. Okay, it wraps around the world, goes up to the moon, Pluto, and then uh, and pretend this rope, you know, or that piece of paper, is a timeline of your existence. Okay, like this is this is your life. You, this is your existence. Then do you see this little red part? This would represent your time on Earth. It's the first illustration like the Lord gave to me. I'm like, man, this is your life on earth. Okay? You were created right here for him. Do a few things. You're done. Okay? Seriously. This is, this is the first thing. That's why I go, man, I get this. I, immediately, like the Lord showed me the foolishness of investing everything in this little vapor. And that's why he says, don't focus on earthly things, things that only last. See, some people, they're like, man, I can't wait till I get here. (laughs) Seriously? People know I got a plan. I'm going to work really hard here so I can really enjoy this part. (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. I'm going, man, what about all of this? What about the forever and ever and ever and ever and seeking the things that are actually above, that actually matter? See, the Lord's always given me this sense of, Francis, don't invest your life on earthly things. I mean, what have you done so far that you'll see the results of after this? See, because while it's true that our life is short and we're, we're just this mist that appears for a little while, what the Bible teaches is what I do during this red part determines how I exist 
for all of this. And he says, so set your mind on the things that matter. Set your mind on all of this. The, the, the time that's to come, set your mind on things above, not on these earthly things. And yet people will try to get you, you know, to, to, to draw your attention. Man, I remember when I was first married, when my wife and I were first married, and uh, we went to one of these meetings that we were invited to where a friend had a business opportunity for us. I've never been to one of those. And I just want to get together. just want to get to know you. And then eh, it might be a business opportunity. And so you go and there was this thing. I don't know if they still sell Amway. Do people still do that? Okay. A- Amway. I'm, I'm not bagging Amway. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, but I remember we got in this circle. There was probably, you know, 15 of us in this room, in the living room. And, and they just said, they asked each of us, what do you want? If money were no object, what would you like to have? And everyone starts thinking, and they said, here's what we want you to do. We want you to find that. If it's a jet, find a picture of that jet, you know, from a magazine and tape it to your refrigerator wall. Put one in your car. Everywhere you go, put it in your bathroom mirror. So every morning you wake up and go, I will have that. You know, if it's a house, if it's a car, you know, whatever it is, if it's just maybe even just a stash of money, whatever it is, focus on it and, and tell yourself every day, every time you open the fridge, you look at that picture and go, I'm going to have that. I'm going to have that will be mine. Set your mind on it. And, and I remember, you know, as they went around the room, then they said, okay, what is that thing for you? And the first person was like, oh, man, I'd love to own this type of thing. Okay, believe it, you know, and uh, on and on and around and around. And they got to me. Man, and this is, I mean, we had nothing, nothing. I remember one of our first dates, you know, I took my wife to uh, Orchard Supply Hardware <laughs> and Thousand Oaks had their grand opening, and, and you got a mug and a barbecue beef sandwich. And I go, man, a free date. And I took her to Orchard Supply. We got a mug and a barbecue beef sandwich. I mean, that was like a thrill to us. Wow, meat. You know, just everything. And I remember going around to me, you know, and then it was, you know, everyone's saying all this stuff. Okay, how about you, Francis? I go, man, there's nothing I want. Like, are you serious? Man, I, I still remember this. Just going, man, seriously, I'm so happy right now. Like, I don't need anything. And they're like, yeah, yeah, but you want something, right? I go, I don't want to sound like ultra-religious, but I really believe, like, I got everything I want in God. Like, everything. I, I mean, I was totally ruining their meeting, you know, but then... <laughs> They said, how about money? Don't you want money? I mean, you go, what would you do if we gave you a million dollars? I go, I don't know. Give it to people who need it, you know? And they said, okay, he wants money to give away. Okay, go on to the next guy. But it's weird. Like, I still remember that. And, and, and again, I don't want to stand up and go, yeah, look how godly I am. Because you want to talk about my faults. Let, let's talk. Um, I'm just saying this one area, it's like the Lord has always shown me, it's almost like a foolishness in the things of the earth. And I pray that for you, because I know other people will say, no, put this on your fridge, dream of this, believe in this, desire this, set your mind on this. And I'm telling you, God's saying, no, 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 set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. 
and, and, and maybe this is easier for me, because even like my family, man, I love my wife, I love my kids, but I also go, man, I know this is going to end any day, any moment. Uh, my job is to prepare them for eternity. If that, that was part of why I even pulled my kids out of the, that, the home for, you know, that's all they knew was that one city. I go, man, I'm not giving them a picture of this earth is not our home. They're starting to feel like this is our home, so let's just pull them out. Let's just take them and go, look, we can be anywhere as long as we're with God. Set your mind on things above. This is probably easier for me than it will be for some of you because my, my mom died. Um, I was actually born here in San Francisco. But my mom died while she gave birth to me, right there in Chinatown. And uh, she died, and so my dad sent me to Hong Kong to grow up with my, my, my grandparents. Um, but then when I came back, my dad had remarried. And so I had a mom and dad again, along with my brother and sisters. And, um, but then when I was about eight or nine years old, my stepmother died. And then my dad got married again. And, and then he died when I was 12. And, uh, and uh, my only close relatives were in Antioch, you know, right up the, up the road. My, my aunt uncle and my uncle killed my aunt and then shot himself. And so when I'm in high school, I'm going, I don't know if I have tomorrow. So, so when I read something like James 4, I go, oh, I get that. When I, when I read Colossians 3 and says, well, don't put all this emphasis on earthly things. Don't focus on the things of the earth. Seek the things above. I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I get that. And, and so striving after anything, because I, I try to set my mind I set my mind on the thought. Everything is in light of, okay, but I'm going to see him any moment. Okay? So th that's great, you know. Okay, you got your family, and they, and they love you, and this and that. Yeah, but I'm going to see him any moment. And I was created for him. And, and have, have I been living for that? You know, even the last few years, people are like, man, Francis, you wrote a, you wrote a couple of best-selling books, and this and that. And, and I go, yeah, but I'm going to see him at any moment. And he's not going to go, wow, that was awesome, Francis. I can't believe, man, New York Times, hey. Yeah, it's, it's nothing, <laughs> right? It's just everything in life, you have to set your mind on things above. You have to have that picture there and go, this doesn't matter, this doesn't matter, this doesn't matter, this I will not see beyond this red part. I will never see that again. This achievement won't matter beyond here. It's what's going to matter at this part. See, the crazy thing is, man, I'm getting chills right now. Some of you guys, I'm going to see you here. Do you understand that? This is crazy, but you and I, some of us, we're going to have this together. And, and even as I came here, I was praying, oh God, help me to love these people in light of this. Not think about this part like, oh yeah, you know, that was really cool. But for me to think, man, what's going to last? What can I say right now to where it's going to matter later on? And, and you'll, you'll be down here millions of years later going, man, remember when you said that? Thank you. Got my mind up for, 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 for somehow I got distracted. 
I didn't have my mind set. And you were, I was looking over here and you reminded me, no, set my mind on God because nothing else matters. It's going to be over. He goes, come on. You say, oh, next year I'm going to do this, next year I'm going to do You don't even know what tomorrow is going to bring. Get things right with God. Surrender to him. Man, know that there is nothing, there is nothing like knowing God. I feel like I've experienced so much in these 43 years of life. I feel like, God, you've shown me so much. But nothing compares to those times when I experience you in a supernatural way. I mean, haven't you had those times where you pray for something so specific and then God does it and you just go, shut up. (laughs) That was nuts. I just spoke to him and he answered me. And there's this security like, wow, you listen to me? You love me? I don't care about anything else. Nothing compares to you. I'm telling you, that's what this life is all about. That you're a part of something bigger than you and your will and your dreams and your desires. You're part of this eternal story that somehow God in His sovereignty, He said He placed you here for a reason. He knew my mom was going to die. He knew the character that would build in me. He knew the weirdness of my upbringing and everything else and how I was going to be used through all of that. And he brought me to this point. And he's not done. And during this little time on earth, this little vapor of a time, and I believe he's going to do huge things still. But it's all about the future too. And setting my mind on that. And so I'm saying, man, use whatever talent God's used, given you. Use it like crazy. Whatever that is. Man, work hard at it. Go for it. But use it in light of eternity, realizing, man, how can I use this gift in a way that matters? See, right now we're going to have a time of worship. And I, and I feel like, gosh, I've said so many different things things and I don't know what's going to stick with you. I just pray that something does and that it affects more than your emotions but actually impacts your actions and it'll cause you to make decisions in light of what you just heard from God's word that we're to set our mind on things above, to seek the things that are above, not the earthly things. And so maybe during this time of worship, maybe there's some of you that you know your mindset has not been on that that free throw. It hasn't been on, on, on God and Christ sitting on his right hand in that moment when you see him and embrace him and love him and thank him in that incredible relationship. That's not been your focus. You've gotten distracted by something on the side or someone and that's what you've set your mind on. Man, that's why these carpets are up here on the front. Is so that during the time of worship, you could come forward and get on your knees and say, God, man, I lost my focus. I, I, I look to the right and I, I've been so set on this and holding on to this. And it's my will, my desire. And going, God, forgive me. I want your will. I want you. Maybe it's a time for you to turn back to God and repent like Dave talked about last week. Others of you, man, that's what I love about communion. You know, you go back to the cross every way. And that's what I love about communion. You, you, 
that's never about anyone else or anything else, just the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Maybe you come forward and, and, and take a piece of this, this, this bread. You know, Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. You remember his body. That God became flesh and died for all of your sins so we can be forgiven. And remember his body torn apart for you and, and, and to dip it in, that, in, in the cup to remind you of his blood that was shed for you so you could be forgiven. Okay, forget about the past. We've all screwed up. That's what the cross was all about. You were all about you and your desires. And in that, you hurt people. You hurt yourself. You sinned against God. Well, you know what? It was all paid for on the cross. Remember that and say, God, if you did that for me, man, it's, it's how can I not surrender to you? And beyond that, if there's any of you that say, you know what? I just need someone to pray with me because I'm so lost right now, so confused right now so focused on things of the earth, I don't even get what you're talking about. Would someone just pray for me because I need it? Then we ask you to come forward and there'll be people on the, on the right and on the left that'll just pray for you. You can share whatever you want to and not share whatever you don't want to. Ask any questions you might have, but there's a serious power when people pray over you. Man, I've seen it and I want you to experience his power today. So as the worship team comes up, let me just pray for this time we're about to have. God, right now, take our minds off of any distractions. And may we set our minds on you right now. We were created by you and for you. And so we seek you right now. God, speak to us, please. Help us to enjoy you right now. To remember you. God, right now I ask that you would help us set our minds on you and not on earthly things. In Jesus' name, amen.